the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is 4.06 on the Central Coast on this Wednesday, February 28, 2024. I'm Dave Congleton. Looking forward to the rest of the show today, but also looking ahead to tomorrow. We're going to have uh, some local teachers come in. There is a movement afoot across the country to, to get rid of uh, teaching handwriting in schools. Kids don't need to learn how to write with their hands. I personally disagree, but we'll hear from the teachers. We'll hear from you. Also, a good friend, uh, Steve Weiss, checks in. It is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Still to come on this broadcast uh, during the 5 o'clock hour, uh, historian Mike Burrell addresses uh, recent attempts to compare the situation in Gaza to the Nazi ghettos of World War II. It is the Dave Congleton Show. I know, I'd stick around for that. Always your hometown radio talk show. I'd stick around for this. Once a month, uh, Susan Hoffman, our resident bibliophile, comes in. And she shares with us books that she's been reading and suggestions for books that you should be reading. And here she is, and the table is covered with books. Susan, good afternoon. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm happy to be here with you talking about books. Always good to see you. You can pull that microphone a little bit closer to you if you'd like. The microphone is your friend. Is that better? Yeah. I don't know. Does it work for you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's start off by your uh, regular report now. You do a very uh, diligent job of checking in with our local bookstores to see what's popular. What can you tell us? Well, I was in Barnes & Noble yesterday in person, and I talked to a wonderful bookseller I had never met before. His name is Brian. Uh, if you happen into Barnes & Noble and you're thinking, what should I read next or what would I like to buy a present for somebody, uh, he'd be a great person to talk to. And I asked him what uh, the top two best-selling or best or most asked for books are right now at Barnes & Noble. So for the adult readers, it's the author is Sarah J. Moss, M-A-A-S. So she's a fantasy writer, and her book, House of Flame and Shadow, is the third in a trilogy. There's House of Sky and Breath, House of Earth and Blood, and the new one is House of Flame and Shadow, and there's big stacks of them when you come in the front door. Did you know this name? No, because I'm not a fantasy yeah. sci-fi reader for the most part, except for the Ray Bradbury or Arthur C. Clarke, and yeah. then dystopian fiction I really like. But I've never been one to read a lot of fantasy, and there are I've known many people that love that genre. And then for the young adult level uh, bestseller right now, it's also a fantasy book. So I don't know, Barnes & Noble seem to have a lot of customers who are interested in the fantasy genre. Could be proximity to the university? I guess. I don't know. Each bookstore tends to have a certain following, I think, um, per perhaps more than one. But there, 
uh, the young adult title that he suggested is Rebecca, the author is Rebecca Ross, and her books, Ruthless Vows and Divine Rivals. I know nothing about these. No. If anybody's listening and, and knows about these, please share. Um, and then Volumes of Pleasure. I learned about a book that I didn't know was coming out, and it's a very um, popular, it's written by a very popular author, Kristen Hanna, and it's called The Women, and they cannot keep it on their shelves. The Women. The Women. And it sounds wonderful. I immediately placed a hold at the San Luis Obispo Library system. Uh, they're buying 13 copies that they haven't received yet, and there's already, without the books even being there, 106 people with holes. And then Volumes of Pleasure, it's on reorder. They've already sold out of their initial buy. Um, I find this interesting because it's about a nursing student who joins the Army Combat Nurse Corps. So it's set during Vietnam. And... I also watched a book trailer. I very seldom see book trailers, but if you Google this title, The Women, and then also the author's name, Kristen Hanna, she already has a really great book trailer, and then I even watched it lead you into an interview, which I only watched about five or ten minutes. But I also was just amazed that this is an idea for a book that she's had for a long time, and she stopped counting the number of books she's written at 20. Can you imagine, Dave? 20. There's more. but Well, books that she's written or books that she's published? Books that she's published. Okay. And this is an idea that she said she had for a long time. She was a little girl during in elementary school during the Vietnam War. Um, and so a friend of hers, the, the friend's, the little girl's father was, uh, missing in action and, or a POW, I'm sorry, I can't remember which, but there was a bracelet that people wore when somebody, when a army, when a uh, military person was missing. So Kristen Hanna wore that bracelet for a very long time. And so this has been an idea that's been in her head, um, and now it's a book. And I even brought a book to show you, Dave, uh, which everybody could see. But Krista Hanna does not write small books. This is a book, The Great Alone, which I found on a walk in a little free library. My neighborhood walks um, include stops at three little free libraries and that was in one and I grabbed it because I really haven't read her before and she's very popular and well thought of so but she writes large novels on the cover it says an epic story and the book looks like an epic story in size and then the other book that volumes of pleasure is selling um so that they can't keep it is ri the river the river we remember the river we remember and it's by William Kent Kruger it's set in 1958 and the body it's set in Minnesota and the body of a wealthy landowner is found in a river shot and assumed murdered 
and a World War II vet sheriff is the investigator, and a lot of war things come back to him. So it's interesting to talk to different bookstores because there are, and to look at different websites, it seems that there are different themes that go through publishing. And so right now, war, perhaps war, Vietnam War, World War II, and a book that I'm going to talk about is set in World War II. Um, so anyway, the other bookstore that I called is Coalesce, and their bestsellers are Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. It, again, is adult fantasy. And it's, hmm. second, it's a second in a series of five. And then another book that I had not heard of is The Secret Life of Sunflowers by Marta Malner. These are all new books, and it is described as a gripping, inspiring novel based on the true story of Johanna Bonger, Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law, who inherits his paintings in the 1800s in Paris. It's set in Paris, and that, again, sounds very interesting. All right. We are in conversation with Susan Hoffman, giving us her monthly update on books. We'll come back and chat some more. Your phone call still to come. We're live, we're local. You're listening to Hometown Radio. This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Always good to be in conversation with Susan Hoffman, talking books. We should put a plug in, Susan, as we continue. Uh, we had the ladies here from the library the other day. The big uh, Friends of the Library book sale, San Luis Obispo, is happening starting tomorrow. If you're not a member, you can pay 10 bucks and become a member, and you get in free, or get in first, rather, then all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Books, CDs... CDs, you ever go to this thing? I have gone to it in the past, and some of those things that are going to be for sale might be mine because I've been donating. I've been looking at what I have, and to make room for new things, they I have took, to let go of other ones. They took 10 of our books from our KVC library, oh. uh, and this is at the Vets Hall at uh, Grand and Monterey. So you want great bargains on great books, go to the book sale and support the Friends of the Library. Yes, please support the Friends of the Library and libraries in general. Now, this text, I'm sorry, I appreciate this person texting in, but they are all confused, so I don't know what to do here. Let me read the part that's not confusing. In graduate school, my best friend was from South Korea. He had gone to college there in the early 80s. Now I can feel what he could never tell me. I recently stumbled on the book Human Acts at Morro Bay Public Library. It's a book of short stories about military violence against student protesters in early 80s South Korea. Familiar with that? I haven't heard of it, but I will look it up. I like all the people that call in and text recommending books that I've never heard of. I go home and I actually look them up. So, yeah. so uh, what do you have? I'm seeing all those books there. Hit me with one. Well, the first one I'm going to hit you with is the one that I actually won't hit you with it. But... Uh, the one that I've been waiting to talk to tell you about, Dave, and everybody else who's listening in our book club on the radio, is Mitch Albom's The Little Liar, and it's a novel. 
So I haven't been a big reader of Mitch Albom. He certainly has written a lot of books, and his first one that really caught on was Tuesdays with Maury, which I read. But this is fiction, and actually I heard him speak about this book before I read it and found it so fascinating what he was saying that I got a copy from the library, started reading it, and I could barely put it down for several reasons, and I'm still thinking about it now. It's set in World War II in Greece. So I never knew, or if I learned it in school, I forgot, but I didn't know that the Nazis were in Greece. I didn't know that they sent, rounded up Jewish people and sent them to Auschwitz from Greece. It never occurred to me. And so, the reason for writing this book, and this book was published before recent events. Um, it was done and in the works to be published and published before all the current things that are going on. But he had he had been thinking himself about young people saying that there's no privacy. There's no such thing as privacy anymore. And he that set him thinking, is that true or is that not true? It feels like it's true. With social media, there's no privacy. And then he, most authors who write fiction books start with a question. So then he started asking himself a question. Is, is truth going to go the way of privacy? If there's no privacy anymore... Are young people going to live in a world where they're not they're not even thinking that there's any truth either? And what does that mean? And so then another thing was is that he had been also discovering that not not a lot of people knew about the Holocaust coming to Greece. Um, and so he set his book in Salonika. I hope I do you think I pronounced that right? In Greece, I hope Anne will call in your friend who's traveled to Greece. Um it's set in 1941 when the Nazis uh, arrived in, in this city. And here's the plot, which I found so interesting to think about. So there's a little boy in a family. His name is Nico. He's 11 years old. He's always told the truth. Have you ever met some little kid that they actually tell the truth all the time, and it's really annoying? Yeah, usually it's... Uh... A brother, a sibling. Oh, one of your brothers? <laughs> it's like, it's the little kid, well, how yeah. do I look? Like, oh, that's a horrible yeah. outfit. You know, something where he was known in this town for always telling the truth. And so when the Nazis arrived, um, he was separated from his family for a little bit and met a um, a Nazi soldier or actually I don't know what his rank was but a high ranking who saw in him because he was known as Nico the little boy in Salonika who always told the truth he told him a story that there were going to be people at this railroad and they were going to new homes and they were going to be happy and he the uh the story was created because everybody would believe Nico. So they started rounding up all the Jewish people and loading them into cattle cars. And Nico was saying, he, 
he was just didn't know he was he thought that this man had told him the truth and then he was saying you know you're going to get good homes everything's okay and he inadvertently not only sent all these other people away but his own family so that's the setup for this story and I won't tell you much more there's a ending there's part of the ending that really surprised me but it's not just a holocaust story like things happen the family goes you know he has an older brother he has this little girl that he loves and um how old is the boy 11 okay so the interesting thing about this is this when i was listening to mitch album talk about it he sees it as a book of hope it's about love it's about hope it's about how do you find redemption how do you find forgiveness and then how do these characters find that? And then he asks such an interesting question. Like, my mind has just been reeling about this book. I forgot the most important part. The narrator of this book is truth. And I'm sorry, what? The narrator of this book is truth. And I wanted to come in and tell you because I've said before. Explain that in two minutes. Okay. I've come in before where I thought I'll never read a book where the narrator is a dog. Racing in the Rain, I read it. I'll never read a book where the narrator is an octopus, remarkably bright creatures. I read it. This narrator is truth. It's not a person. It's truth looking at all these different characters yeah, and what happens to them. And so what the author in his interview was asking also is, you, the reader, what's the biggest lie that you've ever told? What were the ramifications? And what would you do to be forgiven for that lie? And that's what this book is about. Nico grows up. Nico comes to America, uh, giving that plot point away, but not the rest, how he gets to America. Uh, what happens to all those other characters with a bit of surprise at the end? This book is so fascinating on so many levels and it just i'm still thinking about it so i hope everybody will give it a chance and read it how'd you find out about it i found out about it because it was selected for a community read where a whole community reads a book and then talks about it in various small groups like quest a book of the year or cal poly when i moved here used to have a book of the year which was a community read program and then I watched his interview. All right. We are in conversation with uh, Susan Hoffman. And the book again is? The Little Liar, Mitch Albom. It's the newest novel. Absolutely worth reading. He jumps back and forth between fiction and nonfiction. He does. Off we go. We've got uh, California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. We'll continue our conversation with Susan. We'll talk more about books and we'll walk you through phone calls as well. Always curious about what you have been reading lately and if there are any recommendations you have as we continue our campaign to encourage people to read more. You're listening to Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. Happy Wednesday. Stay with us.
We remind you that historian Mike Burrell joins us during the 5 o'clock hour. Is this a valid comparison to compare what's happening with uh, Gaza to what happened during World War II and the different Nazi ghettos? We'll hear from Mike. We'll hear from you. We also remind you that the Friends of the Library book sale begins tomorrow at the Vets Hall and runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday to benefit the St. Louis Obispo Public Library. You can go tomorrow. You can pay 10 bucks, and you can become a member. You can get in a day early. Otherwise, you have to wait till Friday. Trust me, it's worth the 10 bucks. It really is a good deal. We are back with uh, Susan Hoffman. Once a month, she comes in, and she just shares with us books that she has been reading. If you want to join us, please do. We open up the phone lines, 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. What have you been reading lately? Any questions uh, that you have? Anything you want to recommend? We start with Alan in San Luis. Hey, Alan. Hey, Dave. Hey, Susan. Hey. What's this Hi, time Alan. slot like without my calling in, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Alan. Hey. Well, I did read Atomic City Girls. Oh, It was very boy. good. That's the fiction one. I decided to try that. And it does give you good insight into what was going on at Oak Ridge. So I thought, good stories. Anything particularly interesting jump out? Any good stories? Aside from that, it's all mud when they were building. But it's a reminder because they had a separate section for the black workers. They were all in their different um, facilities. Less payment and well, just poor facilities. Not unlike here. Not unlike here during World War II, with the black soldiers out in Morro Bay and the white soldiers at Camp San Luis. Yeah, that's the idea. So that was, but that was only part of the story. And and yes, there was a little technical dealing with separating uranium isotopes. But one, they didn't do a lot with that. And two, they did a good job of explaining it. So there you are. So did you follow it, what the women were doing? Because it was um, it was also about sexism in a way. The women were either considered secretaries or mm-hmm. they were sitting on stools. There were photos in the book, and this is fiction. Yeah. So, there were, so they were sitting on stools in front of dials, and their job was to keep those dials in a certain What they were, right. Place. I mean, there was no automation. They were doing that job. And part of the reason they were doing the job is because the men were off to war. So they got that assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, were they getting exposed to anything? No, there were there, there there was nothing there. They were just behind next to equipment. There was in that section there were no problems. They sure. weren't in the laboratories where they could have been exposed. They mm-hmm. were just running a machine, so, so there was no risk there. The book again is called Alan a- Atomic City Girl. All right. Thanks, Alan. Alan, thank you very much. Eight zero five five four three eight eight three zero. Let's try Dirk in San Luis. Hey, Dirk. Yeah, hey there. Yeah, first of all, I'd just like to say that uh, I haven't texted uh, KVC in several months because I'm too scared to with that deep voice uh, announcer, your lawyers, and whatever else is uh, covertly creeping around you people. Have. But I digress. I'm reading a book. It's called Creating Christ by James S. Valiant. He was a prosecuting attorney down in San Diego. I don't know if it's the city or the county, but it's all about that. The, the full title is Creating Christ, How Roman Emperors Invented Christianity. Uh, I've been reading several books in that genre, including Caesar's Messiah by, by Joseph Atwell. But the thesis is, is that Rome, in an attempt to pacify the Messianic Jews, that actually replaced Messianic Judaism 
with their, kind of their own pacifistic brand of Judaism. You get to turn the other cheek and all this, that, and the other. And you go down this rabbit hole, it starts making good sense. Uh, the reason why this hasn't been brought before in church history, because up until recent history, people were actually, you know, if they went against the church, they were you know, burned at the stake and stuff. But it's a darn good book, and, and he, he uh, relates the Flavian emperors with, with the early... Uh, Christians and whatnot, the symbolism and everything. It's a darn good book if you can handle it. Uh, and if you don't want to read any books, Caesar's Messiah is a YouTube video. If you can handle that uh, video, the what, comment below is horrible. What's, that's what, all I got to say. Hang on, Derek. What's the name of the book again? It's called Creating Christ, How Roman Emperors Invented Christianity. This would have been the Flavian Roman um, Emperors. There's a bitter history. It would take me a while to set it up. But it makes perfectly sense. They replaced Messianic Judaism with with more of a, a Hellenistic, pagan Roman type uh, of Jesus who never never existed. Uh, in other words, the Messiah that the Jews were expected was a human being. He was not deified at all, and he was a warlike person that was going to save Judaism. Now, the one that the Romans invented is is a deified Jesus, man, God. Because of its relationship with the imperial cult of Rome, where they deified the Caesars and all that. There's a bit to it. Oh, I want to go, this turn the other cheek mentality. You, you, you have Roman history where all these people were being, the Caesars were being assassinated, and, and, and this, that, and other, and suicides. And there was tension between the, 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 the Roman Republican senators and these uh, Caesars. And it's turned the cheek with all this imperial courtly intrigue where, you know, I'll stab you in the back, but let's shake hands behind and be good friends and turn the other cheek and all that stuff. Sounds like Washington today. You familiar with this at all? No, but I'm really glad that you're reading, Dirk. And I'm not a lot of people are reading history books anymore. So good for you. Is that true? That we don't read history? Not very much anymore. Derek, thanks for the report. We appreciate it. Thank you. 805-543-8830. See, that's... That's my genre. I'm drawn to history. I'm drawn to um, history and, I guess, entertainment, Hollywood stuff. Those are my two go-to areas. Well, keep reading history books. Keep those sections in really? our stores. So like David McCullough, his books aren't selling anymore? If you, I was in Barnes Noble yesterday, and if you're looking at their tables, which is cutting, coming from their corporate office, um, if you're looking at their tables, there's not a lot of history there. No. Mm. All right, hit us with another book. What's on your list? Okay, the other book that I want to tell you about that I just finished reading is the new Ann Patchett. Ann Patchett has a big following. She started out by writing Bel Canto, which was about a group of musicians that were held hostage. And she's proceeded from there to be one of the most well-regarded authors in the United States right now. She also owns a bookstore in Nashville, Tennessee called Parnassus, which you can look up online. Let's take another call. Here she is. Here's Babe. Hey, Babe. Good timing. Hey there, there, Dave. How are you looking? Well, Susan, what do you think? Oh, he's looking good. He's looking so healing fast. Yep. Good for you, hon. Thank you, dear. Hey, I'm really enjoying listening to you again. And the last gentleman said something, mentioned history. Well... I've got the book from the library called Martin Van Buren, our president. It was written by Tim Widmer, W-I-D-M-E-R. Tim Widmer, 
was interviewed on Sunday morning, the CBS program I watch every week, and I realized I knew very little about Martin Van Buren, the man, the president, his life before, during, and after his presidency. So I'm going to read that. Well, and, well let, me, let me ask, why, why would you want to read a book about Martin Van Buren? Why not? I mean... I don't know. I don't know <laughs> everything. And the people who are leading our country, they have live interesting portions of their life. And I've read a lot of other books, but I never read anything about Martin Van Buren, so I'm going to do it. I believe Martin Van Buren was involved in some kind of military campaign. And I believe he was right before William Henry Harrison who was president for one month, then he died of pneumonia, and John Tyler, Tippy Canoe and Tyler, too, took over as president. That's all I know. Gosh. That's all I know. Gosh, Dave, <laughs> you continue to amaze me. You are so knowledgeable. Yeah, that's it. I'm a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> oh, you're wonderful. May I recommend another book sure, please. that I just gave myself? This is a small book. It is called Finding... F-I-N-D-I-N-G, Muchness, M-U-C-H-N-E-S-S. Finding Muchness. How, how to Add More Life to Life. It is recommended for ages 99 and younger. And I have to tell you, I saw it at Golden Braid Bookstore here in Salt Lake City. It, it has the most adorable illustrations. It is not compliment, com, it's not complicated. It, it has wonderful small things. Um, the main illustration is a duck. Um, and it's small and it's delicate. If it isn't, it isn't until it is. So your determination creates its old, its own possibilities. It's a delightful, self-supporting good little book i i recommend you look it up and find out about it and susan will discover it i hope on her doorstep when she gets home today oh. hey thank you so much i guess baby i guess babe didn't have my address <laughs> well, you might get Martin Van Buren, Dave. Yeah. You're the history reader. So we go everything from a duck to Martin Van Buren. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Any comments, um, Susan? Well, I love it how Babe is a is a constant reader. My favorite people are constant readers, and so, and I think finding muchness is something that. I will look forward to reading. Because had, you heard, had you heard of it before? No, I've never heard of it before. But I think all of us need as much uplift and inspiration right now as we can get. I agree. What else, babe? Anything? Just stay well. And happy leap year. I'm having my family over for beef stew tomorrow. That's so, my treat for them. You celebrate I leap, leap year. Here. Yeah, I wish so, too. All right, babe, always good to hear from you. Thanks for checking in. I've never known anybody who celebrated Leap the year before. Me either, but Mm. she's wonderful. She is indeed, as is our guest, Susan Hoffman, our resident bibliophile. We'll come back for a final segment. This is Hometown Radio for the Central Coast. It is the Dave Congleton Show. Stick around.
This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. On the Stolberg text line for Susan Hoffman, a reader, a listener wants to suggest On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Now, that's not writing, that's typing, to, to quote uh, Truman Capote. You familiar with that phrase? I am familiar with it. And didn't Jack Kerouac write on the road on a, a roll, roll of, of paper. toilet I, I've seen toilet it. paper? Well, no, it's it's the brown paper. It's not toilet paper. It's that brown wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. I saw they had it down at the Gene Autry Museum. And he just had a roll of paper. He put it on the typewriter. And, and so if you read the book, there are no paragraphs, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've never... I applaud Kerouac. I applaud his roaming his life whatever but i've never been able to get through that book how about you i've read it a long time ago but i i am so happy that the person who texted in is reading kerouac i'm very worried that nobody will read him anymore why why should we read kerouac because i think he had something valuable to say about being a independent-minded person and living your true life so why couldn't he use paragraphs why couldn't he use typing paper well, that I cannot answer. Maybe the typewriter was too heavy for his backpack. I don't know. But If you want in this conversation with Susan, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830. Call in, text in, chime in. We're just curious. Are you reading anything? Have you read any good books lately? You were about to explain this book you're reading. Yeah, I want to try and squeeze in two books, so I'm going to keep an eye on the clock. But Ann Patchett, she has a very big following. She's written a lot of books. She has a bookstore. And her newest book is Tom Lake. So another new thing for me that I'm very happy to see, guess what? This book is set during covid I have not been finding any books yet that are coming out of the COVID COVID years, as I call them, the COVID time. Well, but it takes a while. Remember, now, if you're a writer like Patchett, you're going to be fast-tracked. But the normal fiction author now, if they sell their book, it's three years before they're going to be published. Right. Well, it was extremely interesting for me to read this book, and it took me a little while to get into it before it kind of hit me a memory of what COVID was like. You're in your little pod. Um, This book is set in Michigan on a cherry farm, and it's a family where they have no workers coming. Their daughters are grown, but two of them, one daughter wants to take over the cherry business and is learning it. The other two are at college and they're sent home because it's COVID. And so they're working from home or their education's delayed. And so in order to pass the time, remember that time during COVID at the beginning where Every day just seemed to be blended into time, like time seemed to cease. It felt different. This is what's happening in this book. And so the they're asking the mother, who was going to be an actress. I think you would find this book interesting, Dave. She was going to be an actress. And so they want to know the story of how she got into acting, which was a high school production of Our Town, which is a, something that I've never read and I've never seen the play have you oh the the production that slow rep did of our town about five years ago is the best local production i have ever seen it's just amazing tom aman played the stage manager stage manager he just nailed it 
It was a wonderful performance. I've not read it, but I've seen it performed. Well, the main character of this book is a woman who, in her high school, plays Emily, and she's a natural actress. She didn't even know she wanted to be an actress, but she was cast as Emily, and then she goes on to play Emily in a summer stock production at Tom Lake, and so, and that's in Michigan, and so... Is that T-O-M or T-H-O-M? T-O-M Lake, a novel by Ann Patchett. So... It's a fascinating story because it's one of those books that's a story within a story. It's her telling the story because there's nothing else to do. There's nowhere to go. They're not seeing friends. It's just them, the family, and picking cherries because they have to get the harvest in. So she is telling the story of how she started playing Emily, and there's so much in this book about our town, then I'm going to have to read it or see the play. But it's an. It, or just go, to the Wiki, just go to Wikipedia and read the synopsis. Oh, I think it would be better to see the play. <laughs> um, because it's a really interesting thing about how she, out, she ages out of Emily. There's only a certain. Like all these women are trying to be cast as Emily at various ages. And so. The whole thing is just a fascinating book. It does have a little bit of a surprise again at the end, which I won't tell you. And so I want to also squeeze in this book, which is a memoir, The Salt Path by Rainer Wynn, R-A-Y-N-O-R, and the last name is W-I-N-N. The only reason I found out about this book was my independent bookstore, Coalesce, who I called before I came on the air last month. And they told me they were selling a lot of copies of this book. And it's a memoir of a couple in Wales who lost everything. They made some sort of financial investment, which they say um, they didn't owe anything on. But then the company that they invested in, actually it was a friend, said that they did. They were taken to court. They lost. They lost their farm in Wales which was also their business. It was a working farm where people would come as tourists. And they, the main character is a couple, and the woman is 50. I'm not sure how old her husband is. But he is diagnosed with an incurable illness. He's told by a doctor he's going to die. He doesn't have a lot of time to live. So those two things happen at the same time. They are evicted from their home. They become homeless. And they decide to try and sort things out by walking the salt path, which is in Great Britain, and it's 600 miles. So is this a true story or is this novel? True. So it's a memoir. Actually memoir. Happened. It actually happened. And this book is, is already finished or currently in production for streaming movie starring Gillian Anderson, and I forgot who's going to play the husband. But hmm. Coalesce told me about it, and they told me how good it is. It's absolutely fantastic. Don't miss it. Hit the title again. The Salt Path by Rainer Wynn. And all, I haven't finished it yet, but as I'm reading it, I just think, Dave, you're, you won't be able to put this book down. So why are they walking? They're walking because they're homeless, but because they want, they think that walking this path will help them sort out staying alive or at least enjoying 
the last days of her husband. But this is a spoiler alert because it's going to be a streaming movie anyway. Don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it? No, don't you don't spoil want me to spoil it? it? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Get, let them get the book. Okay. I hate when people spoil it. Okay. Paul checks in on the Stolberg line. Hey, Paul. He wants to talk about The Last Green Valley by Mark Sullivan. Story of a family's escape from Ukraine in 1944. Hmm. Family later becomes large general contractors in Bozeman, Montana. Absolutely fascinating. The Last Green Valley by Mark T. Sullivan. Did he say whether it's fiction or nonfiction? Does not say. Okay, I'll Google it. Thank you, Paul. I would like to look that up. I'm interested in Ukraine. When you're done with this book, what's the next book you're going to read? I brought some to show you because I do show and tell. So I was walking in my neighborhood, and there's a guy. uh, You were asking for it before. Here she is. Here's Ann and Creston. Hey, Ann. Ann. Hey. Hello, Dave and Susan. Two things. Uh, I'm not sure unless I saw the spelling, but I think that the Greek town you're referring to is in the north, and it's called... Thessalonica. Um, and the Greeks call it Thessaloniki. Yes, I yeah. saw that. Okay, we got that done. So I talked to you last month about the salt path. You did. And I just wanted to say that um, that woman has subsequently written two more books. Good for her. Yeah, so I happened to see them. I don't know where I saw them, but I saw them. I mean, I saw them, like, online somewhere. Uh, I don't know why. I I think because, oh, I was doing, I wanted to see what the couple looked like, what they really looked like, because that book was so fascinating. And as you know, I had it last month, and I called you. I said, hey, I've got, I picked it up that very day that you were on the air. I picked it up at my library, and I ordered it in advance because I was heading over to England, and I was going to walk what is called the coast path so so this section that they did for 630 miles is part of the coast path that goes all the way around the whole country of england Mm. yeah so anyway um i'm excited that she actually wrote two more memoirs and uh and i looked at a picture of the couple i think he's about her age probably about 50 wow. he would have been about 50 55 we gotta go and thank you good to hear from you the name of the book again is the salt path by rainer win we got 30 seconds for a final thought ms hoffman doesn't it go fast when you're talking about books yep. i love books i hope i'm sharing my love of books with all of you and i hope it inspires you to find a book that speaks to you to settle in and read it and it's a It's just a wonderful thing to do in your life. And thank you, Dave, for inviting me and being my fellow book kindred spirit. Well, yeah, but I can't keep up with you. You read far more books than I do. But we appreciate you sharing your wisdom and expertise with us. We'll see you again next month. Thank you, Dave. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Historian Mike Burrell up next. Uh, Believe me, you, you want to stick around. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.